the More Than A Game podcast by Matt Thacker and Aaron Kempster. Football, it's more than a game. Hello and welcome to More Than A Game podcast number seven of the year in 2022. It is the hottest podcast around the world and we're doing it on the hottest day ever, aren't we? We are, yeah, quite <laughs> warm, isn't it? What are we looking at now? We're at 33 degrees. Wow. We're recording this at what, just, well, sort of lunchtime-ish, yeah. 10 to 1. We found a little bit of shade in the corner, we're tucking away. We were going to do it in the sun, but we thought the phone might melt, so we're, uh, <laughs> we found a tiny bit of shade, we're right in the corner, so here we go, the hottest podcast on the hottest day, let's get going. We're talking about grassroots football today, and we're going to start off with the amazing volunteers. Anyone that's listening that's ever been involved in grassroots football, you don't get anywhere about these volunteers, so do you want to kick us off with who 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 stands out to you first from a volunteer? Um, I think like there's, there's so many, when it comes to a grassroots football club, they're Obviously, the obvious one is the coach, but there's so much more than just the coach. The, the volunteers run run throughout many, many football clubs across. Obviously, we'll, we'll solely be talking about English football today, English grassroots, grassroots football. But I'm assuming it happens all over the world. But I mean, <coughs> when I look back, I think it it tends to be parents, isn't it? Parents tend to be the ones that get involved for their child. I mean, I look back yeah. and my dad... Sorry, Dad, but my dad didn't have a clue about football. But he took my team on when I was a kid. I know your dad exactly, coached your team exactly as well. The same. And yeah, I mean, I, I say he didn't have a clue. He he understood football, but football coaching has changed a lot these days. But it's just turned I, off, isn't it? Yeah, but I think <laughs> um, I think a lot of parents get involved in in football clubs, and not, maybe not even as just as coaching. I remember I remember my grassroots team growing up. There, some of the parents were like the treasurers of the club. Um, a lot of parents take on a role as like a club secretary. A lot of parents take on the role as chairman. I mean, I, I know some football clubs in in England. There's parents that got involved in a in a grassroots team when their child were under sevens, and their children are now 25, and they're still involved in that same grassroots club, even though their child's gone on to <laughs> playing adults football or maybe doesn't even play football anymore. And I think once some parents get involved in it, they don't step away. So I think, yeah, my first, my my initial thought is 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 parents and family members getting involved. Maybe, maybe just because they know it's something that their child is invested in, and they want to help them on that journey. Whether it can be something as as um, as simple as just being the treasurer. I'll say a simple. It's not simple being a treasurer, but in terms of not it not being actually football based. But there, there's there's so many. I mean, well, I don't know. What about you? Where, what would be your? your yes, yeah, so I, well, I just want to kick off by saying that I'm going to uh, be talking from my experience from grassroots football. Um, Myself and Aaron have over 30 years of experience of like being the coaching side, the managing side, but we've also done it since we were kids, since we were like four or five years old. So we've got so much experience. So I'm just going to be explaining things from my point of view and hopefully that can relate to as many of the listeners as possible. So my volunteers, that what I've seen over the years, are those like behind the scenes, like your chairmans, like you said, your coaches, your managers, your groundsmen, all of the things that people don't see. Because a lot of people just turn up on game day and the goals are up already and the flags are up and the referees there and the footballs are there. It's like, oh great, lines watch. are painted. Exactly. We, we, there you go. Watch the game and go home. But to get to that moment, you know, the meetings that we go to in the evenings, the league meetings, you've got people there who have full-time jobs that then go after their full-time jobs or find any kind of hours around their their normal working schedule and life to put in the hours for these children, for adults as well. Like, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. And the amount of people I've seen and, you know, anyone's listening right now who knows myself and Aaron, 
uh, if we've come across you over the years, like, well done to you, because if it weren't for you guys, we wouldn't have hundreds, thousands of children playing football across the, across the country, millions across the world. So everyone that does anything, even if it's just running the line on the sidelines, it, you, it doesn't happen without you. So yeah, I just want to say thank you, really, from my point of view. I, mean, like, I know it's very cliche to say, but without volunteers, grassroots football, it would still be a thing, most probably, but it would no way be as as big as it is. I mean, you... Wouldn't be as, as inclusive as well. It, no, it, it no, definitely don't, not. It would end up being just for select people who can maybe afford it or yeah. or who are really, really passionate about it. Because we've got to remember, not everyone plays football to be the next Lionel Messi. A lot of people play for fun, for fitness, for friendships, yeah. uh, because they just want to be a part of a team, maybe. Or... You know, so we've come across so many people, and that's why it kind of fizzles out over the years. If you look at an under-16, for argument's sake, um, and then you look at an under-18s, look at the amount of teams entered. I know that, sorry, let me correct that, sorry. They enter at under-7s. So if you look at under-7s league, I guarantee, I mean, in our league, over in Maystone and Kent, there's about between 50 and 70 teams that start. And by the time it gets to under-18s, there's like... Mm. About, that, it? Yeah. There's like 15 at the moment, so but maybe less next season. So it fizzles out. So yeah, so I mean, it wouldn't be as popular. It would just fizzle out, wouldn't it? So yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And I think, but that, like, there's no, there's no particular voluntary role. There's, I mean, there's there's so many. The the variety is huge. You you could be anything. But I think we've touched on it already. But you could <clears throat> you could step in as a coach. You, yeah. you might say, oh, well, I, I can't get involved in grassroots football because I don't know much about football. But there's, there's lots of coaches that get involved yeah. in football and don't know much and they learn as they go. I mean, I've learned as I go. I, I, I think, I'd like to think I knew a bit about football anyway, but as a grassroots coach, it's taught me loads. But you could, you don't have yeah. to come in as a coach. You could be, like I say, you could be the treasurer. You could be yeah. a chairman, secretary, fixture secretary. You can help with the pitches. You can help with the goal. Like There's so, exactly. so many different ways and there's so many... Like It's almost like um, there's so many different parts... Definitely, it, yeah. That everybody has to do their bit. For it to if, if one yeah. person's doing it all, one person yeah, couldn't do definitely. it all. You need different people doing different roles. So what about for the listeners who like are not as uh, knowledgeable about what goes on behind the scenes? I'm going to give you a tricky question. So one thing that not a lot of people would know, what would you say that's, that goes on behind the scenes? Oh, wow, okay. Um, one thing. Uh, cool, good question. Um, There's so many. but if one, yeah. the fir- Okay, the first thing that comes to your mind... I think I um, wouldn't even realise. I think the the the, um, the setting up of the club. So in terms of not 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 necessarily setting up of the club, but the reg the registering. So at the start of a football season, so we <laughs> so we run our own club, and well Matt still does now. Um, I stepped away a few years ago, but for example, at the start of at the start of a league season, so now for example, start of just leading up to the next season, you have to register with the local county FA. So for us, it's the Kent FA. You have to make sure that there's insurance in place. That's for each team. So if you've got five teams or ten teams or twenty teams, each team needs to have the relevant insurance. Each, each team, yeah, each team has to go. You go to a meeting, and obviously, if you've got a variety of teams, I mean, at, at one point we were probably going to what three or four meetings. We were quite a small club, but we were going to sort of three or four meetings at the beginning of each season for each league. Um, but that, well, some leagues will have more than one meeting leading up to the start of the season as well. Um, you also have to register with those leagues. So that's more paperwork that you have to do. Um, you have to pay to join these leagues. So obviously you have to make sure that there's money there to pay for those teams. And that's before you've even probably started a pre-season friendly or a league game. And that I've probably missed some bits from there as well. But 
they're all the things that somebody so over the years we've done that for our club Matt still does it now but there'll be there'll be somebody that will do that for each team and then you go into each individual meet this person as well some of them yeah oh yes yeah oh most definitely yeah yeah a lot of lot of clubs I mean look a lot of West Kent parents probably didn't even know that we did that they may have thought that somebody else did that but we we've we always did it over the years ourselves then you go into each individual team you have to then register each individual player which um which a lot of the parents will do their part in that as well but that all has to be well now to be fair, I haven't done it since the new system, but then I will get submitted onto an online system, whereas years ago, or say years ago, what, three, four years ago? But not that long ago, is it? It was all done sort of old style. So you'd have to fill out a form and send it off and you'd get a card back. And But yeah, but this is all before a ball's even kicked. That that's I think that's one of the things that is is something that a volunteer in a, in a football club has to do. And there are there are some football clubs now that, have professional coaches that are paid coaches, but that, for example, you don't, that's not a role. That's not something that you get paid. Even if you are a paid coach, you're paid to coach. There's all there's still the other voluntary stuff that goes with it. So you're still a volunteer to a certain extent. But um, but yeah, I mean that's that's definitely something that that, that springs to mind for yeah. me. And the first thing that came to my mind was uh, doing painting the lines for the pitch because obviously everyone rocks up and the pitch is just there. But I mean, unless you don't pay for like the council to do it or <clears throat> even if just the council do it i know it's not voluntary but um yeah i mean the amount of hours myself and aaron have spent marking pitches out oh, i remember when we first did it but it's not the very first time it's a time that sticks in my mind i remember it took us like a full day didn't it yeah like, it took a long time full day like hours <laughs> and then one time we did i think you did one i did one so we did 11 side pitch on our own measuring it out making sure it's straight getting the string out getting the measurements perfect getting the right uh, mix concoction of paint and make sure it rolls properly and we had like a bit of wood we have to like push against the wheel so the wheels get jammed up oh my goodness that is for me like any any money that any club's got it's worth investing in someone doing the pitches and, and, and we can actually get paid for it because it should be a paid job in my opinion so yeah that's my one yeah because like you say it, it can be it can be time consuming yeah another one as always well the fixture secretaries um yeah i think they get a lot of stick to be honest but imagine trying i just said to you under sevens there's probably like 80 or team well, especially in the league that where we are there's about 80 teams imagine trying to sort out all those fixtures and getting it spot on and not missing people out. Trying to please sure. everybody. Yeah, when, when postponements happen because of weather and, and, and so forth. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, next one we're going to go on to is the supporters. Um, yeah, I mean... It depends... It depends it, there's a couple of ways of looking at this. I'll start off the positives. I love it. I love it when you've got people who are there... They're, they're, they're just first... For, oh, they're there first for their children because they know that their children love the foot, love the game. Um, but then they get so invested in it mm. and end up becoming so emotionally attached to the team, the other players as well, not just their own son or daughter. And then the passion you see from the sidelines, you know, um, like I said, there's two sides to this, but the positive side is like the energy from, from supporters and parents when someone does something good or or when they get give the players a clap and you can just see it in their faces and it kind of lights the children up, doesn't it? I love that. Yeah, do you know, I think it's amazing as well that I could I could reel off some names of of parents, grandparents, families and friends, family and friends, sorry, that have told me personally that they would rather watch 
the grassroots yeah. game than the professional game. Oh, loads. Which, loads. I, which, which I think is a testament to grassroots football because obviously no disrespect to grassroots football, but the Premier League is a million times better than grassroots football in terms of the, the standard of football. But I think grassroots football just, it feels more real. Premier League feels like this sort of, almost like a bit of a show. It's like this big league that's got loads of money and everyone's paid hundreds of thousands of pounds and it's all on TV and so some some of it can be a bit, obviously like... Unrealistic, the, the, yeah, yeah, out, yeah. out of touch with reality. Yeah, whereas I think grassroots, they... Obviously, you know all the players. You know, you, if you see as, the journey as well. Well, let's say, yeah, you might go, you might watch the training and see, you can see what they've, what the, I don't know. You might go and watch Matt's team and see that he's been working on, on really, really, whipping crosses into the box for argument's sake, and and they score a goal from a cross, and that that is, that is like emotionally both, sort of happy emotion and also, sort of, quite um, could, could make could make you sort of quite teary seeing that 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 work that you've seen put onto the actual pitch. And I think that's probably what makes it more enjoyable because you, like Matt says, you see that journey, you see the hard work. I'm not saying that Man City don't put hard work in at training because I'm sure they do, but we don't see that. So I think, yeah, I think that is why I think supporters love it so much. And I think there's nothing better than, like a day like today, it's a really sunny day today as we're recording this, a nice sunny afternoon seeing loads of parents on the sideline or, or like I say grandparents, friends, family members smiling, watching good football is oh, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I I actually I love I love coaching, but I also just love standing on the other side and watching. Like it's just it's it's incredible and I think some I, I expect Man City to pass the ball a hundred times and score. I don't necessarily expect a grassroots team to do that. Obviously, I'd like my team to be able to do that. When you see them do it, I think it feels more amazing because you expect City to do that. City <clears> should be doing that. Obviously, they're playing against a higher-level opposition, but I think, um, yeah, I, I'm a supporter sometimes. I'm, I am a coach, but I also, I'm, I'm, you're the same, Matt. I know you, you like going and watching grassroots football. It's, no, I love it. It's fun. It's great fun. Definitely. Especially if, if you know the players as well. Seeing yeah, a player you know do something amazing is just, that's brilliant. It it just makes you feel good. It can't not make you feel good. And I think that is why that is definitely the positive side to to supporting <clears throat> grassroots football. I think, isn't it? Definitely. And like when we set up our own club, we wanted it to be like really inclusive with the parents as well. We didn't want to be out of touch with the parents. Like you know, you stand over there, like you know, keep your mouth shut. Um, <laughs> to some extent, we do. Like with the coaching, like you know, let us do our, let us do our jobs. You you know, you support and cheer them on and encourage, but to get everyone involved and get them involved in the story and the journey and everything and make sure they're there for training and, and games and just helping encourage our children as well. It's the best thing, so creating that like family atmosphere. The flip side of it is um, obviously you've got some parents and supporters who oh, we've seen over the years, like, you know, and it, it, I don't want to like moan or anything, but if anyone's listening or knows anyone of it or you're one of these people, just watch the game and enjoy it. There's no need to shout at kids or, or have a go at them or get angry because that's not what it's about. It's it's really not about that. Um, you know, we all want to win. Of course you do. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've met any human in my life that doesn't want to win. Everyone wants to win. Everyone likes winning. But losing is also a massive part of grassroots football and a part of learning how to lose and how to cope with it because it's not just football. It's life. So if us coaches can give them some help and guidance and how to deal with loss, like losing, and a loss of something, or it, it, it's magical, it's so good, and how to bounce back from that, because it's easy to, if you win on a week, it's easy, 
it's so easy. You just it's uh, you, know, you can't you get you, you lose touch with reality if you win all the time. So it's important to take those losses and those bad moments like missing an open goal or falling over or being subbed or you know trying new positions. I don't know. It's things that sometimes you might not agree with what the coach is doing, but it's all part of the journey. It's all part. And it's, I'll, I'll just say, just trust the coach. Um, and if you don't, move clubs really. Um, but yeah, definitely try and stay as positive as you can. Just encourage kids because anything, anything negative from the sidelines, we've seen quite a lot of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, parents of Walters fight. I've seen uh, people come to the pitch. I've seen, yeah, like I say, I don't want to go into the negative, but what I would say is that if you, if that is you or you know someone like that, just you know just remember what we're there for. Remember, it's, it's a massive journey. It's not about one victory or one loss or or one moment in a game. You know, everyone's gonna have, everyone has bad days. I don't know anyone's ever had a great day every day of their life. So these kids may have a bad game. They may have a great game. They may have whatever. They may be on a, they may develop at a different stage. You know, you may see kids at seven years old, but I guarantee you watch them when they're 17, if they continue, you watch the progression, if they stick with it and they're encouraged. But on the flip side, if they're not, they might not stick with the game. So. I think one of the, one of the biggest negatives I find in, um, in grassroots football from a supporter's perspective is that you as a parent or a guardian or, or, or whatever, you send your child along to X football team. Quite often you pay a certain amount of money, some clubs more than others, for more often than not. Well, quite obviously, even a, most parent coaches now are deemed a professional coach because they, they all you all have to have a qualification now to to be involved in grassroots football. So essentially you're paying a professional to do your to to do a job and I and then you're all the the sort of parents and supporters that shout instructions from the sideline, so and so, do this, do that, do that, do this. And I'm not saying that the parents don't know what they're talking about because I'm sure lots of parents and supporters do. I'm sure I'm I I don't I, I don't deny that, but I mean when you're paying somebody to do a service just let them do that job. I know it's probably not their job. For some people, it is. Some people, that is their job at running a grassroots football team. But it's almost like, I don't know, you get someone in to, to do your garden. You're not going to pay them X amount of money then say, I oh, know, do it like this. Do it like that. Because that's their job. That's what they're, that's what, that's what they're qualified to do. And uh, yeah, like I say, I, I, I'm not saying that parents and supporters don't know what they're talking about. Because like I say, I'm sure they do. But especially when children are very, very young... I always think, as a seven-year-old, even younger, even older sometimes, this is, this is the scenario we always use. A seven-year-old boy, let's say, for example, has got his dad on the sideline and got the coach on the sideline. At seven-year-old, seven-year-old? At seven years old, you idolise your, your dad. Especially if your dad is really into football as well and you may think, oh, I really want to be like my dad, I want to kick the ball as high as him, I want to kick the ball as hard as him. But at the same time, you idolise your coach. Because your coach is really good at football, they're really cool. You really like them. So when you've got your coach saying, uh, "I don't know," go wide. Stick, yeah, go, get wider, or you, yeah, that's that's the sort of easy one, isn't it? And yeah. the your parents telling you to go inside and get the ball. As a kid, you want to do what your coach is telling you because you <clears> idolise your coach and you respect your coach. You've been told to respect your coach, but at the same time, you want to listen to your parent because you've you've been told listen to your dad, do what your dad says. And as a child, it's just so confusing and. It's just, I think, I, I think it's there is a fine line because I think as a, a parent has a role as well in a child's in, in in a child's development, but I think when they're at football, surely that 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 job comes under the coach's um, 
that duty comes under the coach's job. And what I would always say, and I would love it if a parent come and said to me, oh, how comes how comes he stayed so wide? And and I could say to him, well, that's because I've asked him to do this. And I'd like to think that the parent would then say, or supporter would then say, oh, okay, cool. But like, should I work with him more than that when we go play down the park or whatever? Which would be fantastic. And I think, yeah. I do think, don't you think in some grassroots football, and to be fair, we've had it very, very rarely. We've been quite lucky. <coughs> Sometimes the parent and the coach are like enemies. They should be, they should be working together. The, the parent should be able to say to the coach, how, how can I help him or her to improve? The coach could say to the parent, oh, like, this is this is what I think you could do, and that like surely the best players are going to be the players that have got the best support network through in terms of the coach, the family, the teammates, um, and I just think that that's the one thing I think that that Grassroots Football struggles with, and I think it does come down to a want to win, a want for your own yeah. child to do well, which I which I understand. Yeah. It's just it's just channeling it channeling it in the right way yeah another way to look at it is that football is an opinion so if I said to Aaron right now who's your favourite player in the world right now oh who is it here we go we'll, we'll do this um, right Kevin De Bruyne Kevin De Bruyne good shout yeah so I guarantee everyone listening right now you might have a different opinion you know my favourite player in the world right now is Benzema right, there you go so already we have a, a different opinion uh, what's your favourite formation at the minute 4-2-3-1 uh, there you go mine's 4-3-3 there you go so it's like everyone's got a different opinion there's nothing wrong with that so, whoever's coaching your child, like that's their opinion of football, and yours is going to probably going to be different. But that's why managers get sacked in the Premier League every week, yeah. <laughs> or around the world every week, because you know the chairman or whatever might not agree with their opinion, or the fans might not agree with the the opinion of that coach, and it doesn't work. So you know if everyone was the same, it wouldn't work, and no nobody no coaches would get sacked because everyone had the same thing. But football's an opinion. People like it played in different ways. Um, could just give them two examples there, but um, yeah, it's just about just believing in that coach. And like I said, if you like, Aaron's been better this than me over the years. If you don't believe in their opinion and their coaching, go somewhere else. And that's it really. But ultimately, I suppose that like if you if your son or daughter's playing with their friends and they're enjoying it, that's the main thing. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Moving on to <laughs> talking about moaning referees. Um, I'm going to go negative then positive first. So referees, I can't stand it when people have a go at referees. Yes, some of them made some baffling decisions. Yes, some of the decisions are crazy. Yes, again, that's not what you might see from your angle. And that will forever live on. That's why you've got songs in the Premier League about referees. And that's why people always get the referees' backs and they get booed and they get shot off the pitch and they get abused and blah, blah, blah. Uh, OK, but at grassroots football, you've got young, predominantly young people refereeing these games and they're they're new to it and they've got a big crowd around them they've got they've got they're in charge of the game they're literally in charge they they they, they are they are the ones who are responsible for the safety of the players how the game flows they are they are in control and sometimes there's a lot of pressure for some people i know adults i'm going to put a percentage on it adults that i've met in football i'm going to say 90 percent if not more would not ref yeah, they wouldn't do it, and a lot, yeah. yeah, and a massive. Let's just say ninety. So ninety percent wouldn't ref, and probably hundred percent of those ninety, if they did ref, they wouldn't get anything right. So just maybe maybe think about that, and then kind of accept that they're going to make mistakes. That you know, I'm not going to lie. I've made it ref before. I'm not. I'm not an angel. I've made it ref hundred percent. However, I had to like stop myself and train myself to go. They are going to make a mistake, just like every player on the pitch today, just like me as a coach. 
everyone's going to make a mistake during that game. So it's about accepting the mistake in your opinion. It might not be a mistake. It might be one for your opinion and moving on from it because it's not going to change. And it's just about going, oh, it's gone now. Let's just move on. Because some people hold on to it for so long and mm. it affects their game then, doesn't it? How many times have you seen someone get so annoyed with the ref they end up losing the game because they can't get over yeah, that one oh, decision? It's too many to count. Too many to count. They, with, with, um, with sort of the, the criticism of referees or assistant referees or whatever it may be, I think the, the, the perfect example you just said there was that everybody makes a mistake. <clears throat> Everyone on that pitch, so the right-back will make a mistake in that game. I don't care how good the right-back is. I don't care what match it is. They'll make a mistake. The coach will make a mistake. The coach will make a sub at the wrong time. The coach will put someone in the wrong position. The, the, all, the, all the supporters on the sideline, when they go to work, there is no way they have a perfect week at work. <coughs> Nobody does. Nobody, like, it's impossible. So I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, I think, Matt, that the ref is going to make mistakes. You've got to... They can't, no referee is perfect. They're not gonna. They're not gonna make every decision. No, but I think just have that. Have a little thought in your head to be like, okay, I wouldn't have done that. That's the wrong decision. But yeah, just let it go and move on. Think as well. It is, again, it's opinion though, because yeah. one referee might give a foul, but one referee might not. I whenever I, I'm not a qualified referee, but I have refereed a little bit of grassroots football. <laughs> Matt knows this. I hate the game stopping. So even whether I'm a coach or a referee, I try and keep the game flowing as much as I can because I want the game to flow. And to be fair, I get coaches and players and parents shouting at me, rare foul. Unless it's a really, really obvious foul, I like to keep the game flowing. And that's how I like to uh, ref. And that's your opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that, my... other people stop every moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think <coughs> referees have a... Referees have a have a have um, have an opinion and, a, and a, a, a way that they think the game should be played. No different to the coach. The co- One coach might want to play long ball. One coach might want to play defensive. One coach might want to play play possession football. One coach might want to play nice and wide. Okay, but how comes yeah. the, how comes referees aren't allowed yeah, to, to have a have a refereeing style and have a yeah definitely be a more strict referee or no different to like yeah. a teacher or something or a, or a coach. And I, I want to I want to get this across that like, I'm not an angel um, about moaning at rest. A hundred percent though. But what I'm trying to say is is that. What I will do, which I again I can advise, I'm not telling anyone to do, but is I say to my players, do not mind the ref, do not say a word to the ref, do not argue the ref, do not question anything, do not get abusive or anything. If anything's wrong, or we feel that something's not right, okay, let me deal with it. And all I've done, I think I had two examples over the last couple of years, and I've just asked the ref, like, what can you explain that decision, please? Just like Aaron said earlier about a coach. If we said about the example about when the players go really wide to create space um, and the parent might say, oh, I want them to come inside to collect the ball maybe, just come and speak to us, come and speak to the coach and say, oh, excuse me, can you, Aaron, can you tell me why you want anything wide? Mm-hmm. And then Aaron might say, oh, I want anything to create space or drag another player out to create space or others inside or whatever, wherever it may be. But but yeah, that, that's anything I'd say. So if there's a problem, let, let me. So I, I would say as well to any coaches out there, maybe, maybe you, I, thought, I, I don't mean to What's the saying? Like, teach you how to suck eggs. Is that the saying? Yeah, you don't want to be um, like condescending. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to be. Yeah, I don't want to be like like a note or like I'm the god of football because I'm not. But I would I would say to your players, maybe, just keep your mouth shut. And if there's any any problems, I can have a quiet word with the ref and do it in a nice way. So um, yeah, we had a referee last year who played uh, 11 minutes over over time. Yeah, they went 11 minutes over the game. And I just, I just, I didn't get it. It just, games get going on and on and on and on. And I asked him at the end, and he explained 
I didn't really agree with his explanation, but again, it goes back to the opinion. He said he had to stop it for for a sim bin, and and then when he restarted it, you know, it might not be 11 minutes, but maybe he didn't press the clock in time or something, or maybe he made a mistake. But it's okay, you just got to accept it and move on. So yeah, um, yeah. But on the positive note, so just quick, just on that, just quickly before you move on to the positive side, I think as well, supporters and the coaches need to practice what they preach as well. Yeah. I think most parents probably would say to their child, don't argue with the referee, let the referee do their job. Yeah. And the coach will tell the players the same. But as coaches and supporters, we've got to do the same. Yeah. And, and to be fair, as a supporter, I don't say a word. When I, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've been a supporter as a parent and a coach as a parent. As a coach, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, I, I question the referee sometimes and I laugh, but quite often I'll be like, I'll, I'll sort of, same as Matt, I'll sort of think, oh, ref cut, and then I think, no, actually, it's not, they're not giving it, and that's that. Just a quick example, actually, I had a game uh, last season, uh, there was a, a mistake that the referee had made, I felt, in my mind, um, we were winning the game, it was only friendly, but we were winning the game, and I felt that the goal shouldn't have been given, and I actually questioned the referee on it, and he was a very young referee, and straight away, but then the boys, my team started Saying the same, oh, that shouldn't that shouldn't be a goal, Aaron. And I said, oh, boys, the goal's yeah. been, and, and straight away I thought, do you know what, actually, yeah, and I, I, the referee said to me, oh, like, was that a goal? Like, should I have given it? And I said, no, ref, don't, you've done your job. Don't worry. And I, I, I sort of retracted my statement straight away. I said, no, yeah. I shouldn't have said it, ref. Carry on. And I actually texted the referee later on that day, apologising, and, and he apologised to me again. I said, no, you've got nothing to apologise. You're just doing your job. Yeah. I shouldn't have said anything. Um, and yeah, and, and the boys all after the game were saying, yeah, but we'd have won that game if we didn't, if that goal didn't count. I said, well, okay, but we still had plenty of chances to win the game anyway. So I think, yeah, just to end on that, I think the, the, I, yeah. I, I hate blaming the referee for losing a game. If you're good enough to win a game of football, you will win regardless of whether the referees had a good game or not. 100%. We said about mistakes, like if the, if the right back um, I don't know, plays the ball back to the goalkeeper and doesn't see the centre forward and he nicks a goal. You don't see them go, oh, right back, right back, boo, boo, the yeah. right back all game. Oh, oh we lost it because of the right back, boo, boo. It's like, ah, oh, it's gutting, but it's like, you know, it's yeah. happened, they made a mistake. But on a positive note, fair play to referees, it is, it is a hard, hard job. So, if you know, maybe I would say definitely don't say anything if you haven't done it. If, if you've done it, you've got a bit more, you're a bit more entitled to do it. But, you know, do you know what I mean? I, I'm not, you know, I've never been a, I don't know. So I think an example now. I've never been a bricklayer, so I'd never tell someone how to lay some bricks. Like yeah. I wouldn't do it. So if you've done refereeing, yeah, maybe maybe you got your, your say to have an opinion. But if you've never refed, I think maybe shushing to you've actually had a go at it. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think it's it's a it's a thankless task because to to go out to go out probably in what well, I say probably with a lot of these referees are um but you get paid to, to ref grassroots football. But most referees, yeah. if not all referees, will go to work Monday to Friday. And some, I mean, I know some referees that will referee games on a Saturday and do like a couple of, or do a couple of games on a Saturday and a couple of games on a Sunday. It kind of takes up their whole weekend. Yeah. And I think, God, blimey, like, you go, you go to work Monday to Friday and then you go out on a weekend and get shouted at and abused for probably three yeah. hours each day. Like, fair play like that. Yeah, I'm amazed they're still that, going. So the massive admiration. That's incredible, isn't it? To think. Yeah. Essentially, for some people, and some people may do it for financial reasons to get a bit of extra sort of money or whatnot. But 
<laughs> there are refs that we've had over the years that I think genuinely do Should enjoy. We give it. a shout. We've, we had a ref called Ian Baker. So I hope he's listening in. <laughs> if you are, um, he he started refereeing us uh, 14 years ago, hasn't it? 14 years. Yeah, he's been refereeing yeah, us so for a long time. 14 years. I so think about that. 14 years, and he was involved in grassroots football. Um, when I was a child as well, so I'll let you think about how old Ian is now. <laughs> um, and he's still doing it, still doing it now, still yeah, going. It's and, incredible, I, and, isn't it? and I've seen him get abused so much as of you. Um, some of the things he's been called, and you know, so not just Ian, but Ian and everyone else that's ref for us and all around the country, keep going, keep at it, and hopefully our words may have helped at least a small percentage, maybe, that can help <laughs> the, the abuse the referees get. Um, do, do you know what I love about refereeing? When I've refereed, I love, I love being involved in the game. I've, I, when I stepped away from West Kent, I refereed a few of your games, and it's like there's nothing. There is lots of things better. I was gonna say there's nothing better, but there is something better. <laughs> but there, there's not much better things in terms of football or than being refereeing a game, being in the middle of the pitch. Actually, a good game of football. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember one particular I game. I think it was um, West Kent <clears throat> against Maystone United, and it was a really good game <clears throat> of football. Both teams were playing really good stuff, <clears throat> and I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm running around here, I'm getting paid for this, and I'm enjoying a good game of football, and it was brilliant. And yeah, I got shouted at a few times, and a few people didn't like my decisions, but but it was yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it, and it was. I felt that I I had a part to play in it being a good game of football because I was in charge of the game. I was. I was the one that was making the game the way it was and keeping it flowing and trying to keep it as fair as it possibly could be. <clears> I think uh, you and I played plenty of football at um, <clears throat> at school when we were kids. I'm sure there's kids listening now that play football at school. You compare school football when everyone's kicking lumps out of each other and there's loads of fouls and there's loads of disagreements about whether it was a goal or not, whether it was posting in. You compare that to an organised game of football with a referee and like it, the referee can make a hundred mistakes. That game is still better than a school football game. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so much more organised. You don't get people kicking lumps at you all the time. You don't. There's no. There are still debates about things, but <clears throat> it, having that referee there makes it a proper game of football. Football is still football. Will always be football. But uh, play to referees. God, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. I, I I personally I've done a little bit. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I don't think I could go into it as my full time job or even spend my whole weekends doing it. Could you? I don't think I could. No, I really enjoy refing, but no, I can do it. I, I enjoy yeah. it too, but <clears throat> no, anything anything older than under seven days, nine. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely. not sure. I'd, yeah, I'm not. And fair also, play. as well, another thing that people forget um, is concentration. Yeah. Some people can't concentrate for ten seconds. Like Especially they, these they, days, yeah. The referee has got you know, which is an adults game and uh, the and uh, the thirteens upwards. They got to concentrate for sixty, seventy minutes plus for a, for a kids yeah. game under tens, for example, it's fifty minutes. For yeah. under sevens, 40 minutes, you've got to be on it every single second. This is a good level of football as well. You've oh, got to be mate, sort of end to end. Obviously, when I ref, I, I have to, you have to do it. But mate, I can't watch a film for longer than five minutes about getting up and trying yeah. to do something. Like, I can't sit still. I struggle in the cinema like, to concentrate. So, you know, that's just me. I'm not talking for the for the world. But, yeah, to have that concentration levels, you, you're going to make some mistakes. Uh, right, we've got two more rounds. We've got the coaching round and then we've got the grassroots quickfire round. So, coaching round, we're going to change it up a little bit. I'm gonna interview you, okay, for a few minutes, and then you can interview me. Okay, cool. So we, coaching is our passion, coaching is our lives. Um, so, yeah, we've always wanted, well, I've always wanted to be a coach since probably the age of 
13, 14, that's all I want to do is manage teams, coach teams. So, um, yeah, we'll just try and maybe help you, give us give you some stories, some advice maybe. Um, right, okay, right, I'll, start, I'll start with you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, go for okay, it. Yeah. Right, so here we go. We've got Aaron Kempster here, coach, phenomenon, but the best coach I've, I've ever seen, ever worked with, and not just saying that as well, he knows that as well. Um, unbelievable, incredible coach. If anyone's ever been coached by Aaron listening, you know exactly what I mean. Um, so, which, well, mate, it's quite snappy. What is your, because this is going to be hard to be snappy with, What's your what's the, the your favourite thing about coaching? Your number one favourite thing? Uh, if I'm being really not going into it too deep, training. Yeah. I like the games. I do, don't get me wrong. I love the games and I love going out there and performing and trying to win the game. But I love. I just love working on stuff. I'm I'm probably quite similar to you. I quite. I'm a bit of a defensive nerd. I like like things like that, which is doesn't happen. You can't do too much of it in grassroots because you want to keep it enjoyable and defending is not always the most enjoyable thing. However, yeah. if you make it enjoyable, it, it can yeah. be fun. So um, but yeah, I, I just, I love, I love training. I just love, I love coming up with new ideas as a coach and trying to get, and that, that thing I love about grassroots football is having those mixture of players and moulding them into a team to go out and play on a Saturday yeah. or a Sunday. Yeah. Because quite often you will have <clears throat> sort of, your teams tend to be split into sort of three or four groups of yeah. sort of from from sort of slightly weaker players to slightly stronger players. That is grassroots football, but that is what makes it so enjoyable. Like Starting with someone just want to be there, just play their friends. Yeah. That's all they want to do. They yeah. don't care you, about when you're losing. You have such a such a variety of players, such a variety of personalities. But yeah, it has to yeah for me it has to be the training and and trying to mould all those different abilities and different personalities in into yeah. a team. Yeah. Like I used to, I used to, I still do now. Obviously, I'm still, I'm back into coaching now, and yeah, I look forward to training. I, 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 I think, I, yeah, I, I'd say I probably look forward to training more than I do game days. Yeah, yeah, I love, love, I love training as a player as well, but even more so as a coach. Yeah, because right, that's that's where that's where the work happens. That's yeah. literally where the work happens. Um, okay, what about next question is, you've had some, um, I was gonna say dark moments. That sounds that sounds a bit extreme, but you've had some like, <laughs> you've had some times that have got you, haven't you? Yeah, some times that have yeah. like. You know what people need to understand is that most coaches, me and Aaron, are definitely them, definitely two of them, is that after the game's done, it 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 affects our lives outside of it. So how do you advise people coaching to deal with like any issues that happen, whether it be a parent complaining or losing a game or something not going on your way or having a bad experience? How how do you advise dealing with that? It's a tough one. This I think. This is something that definitely comes with experience because I think as a young coach, I think even when you get older, you still do the same, but you take everything to heart. Every negative comment you get, whether it be from a player, uh, another coach, a parent, a supporter, whoever it may be, I think we're all guilty of we take it to heart. And some people have thicker skin than others. But for me, the way that I got out of that was for every negative comment, there were way more positive comments. And I think quite often, I don't know, it could be something as simple as a, a parent saying that they think that their child should be playing in a certain position rather than the one that they're in, which isn't always a negative, but sometimes it can be the way that it's the way that it's um, dealt with from by the parent. But for that negative conversation you might have had, yeah. you've probably had 10 positive ones in the yeah. weeks leading up to that, and I think that's 
there are lots of negative things that go on in grassroots, grassroots <coughs> football as a, as a coach and there's lots of things that that get you down but there are hundreds and thousands of positive things which I think hold on to the positives because there are so many yeah, and I think exactly, that yeah. but it's, so, it, so it, true. It, it took me a long time to, <laughs> so true. to learn and I'm still even practising it now yeah <laughs> it's oh. hard alright cool right, last one then and then we'll switch over and then we'll give you like, we'll give each other like a little closing paragraph about our yeah. coaching lives so um, my last one is you kind of might have answered this already but like what is the one one specific specific can't get my words out specific area you love to coach and how do you suggest people can coach that area um yeah oh, uh the laser defending. Yeah, if I. But if there's like, is there another one in Blocks and I. Well, it's the only thing, isn't there? Yeah, um. I think what? I know what you're going to say. I think I do. I'm not sure, though. There's so many things. Like, yeah, like while, Aaron, while Aaron's thinking, wonder. I was going to say, like, there's so many different things in coaching. Like, it's so it's so easy to, to narrow it down to, like, just your shooting, just your passing, whatever. And you can do that, of course, but then there's so many different areas you can work in, like proper detail, how to break other teams down, how you can get the maximum strengths out of your team. Right, yeah. If I'm gonna, if I'm, if I'm not gonna go defending, I would go with. You can go defending. It's no, your favourite. I do like defending, but yeah, um, I'll go with possession, ball retention, <laughs> passing, all sort of in one. I, as a player, I was a, as the kids say, a CDM. <laughs> that was I personally felt my best position, and there was nothing more I loved. Then keeping the ball, and I wasn't. I was when I sort of played properly. I didn't. I didn't. I, I wasn't really bothered by scoring goals. Don't, obviously, I want my team to score goals when I coach. But I think one of my biggest philosophies in coaching football is enjoy the ball. Yeah. That's why you play football. Surely you don't play football to run around. Yeah. If you want to do that, go to an athletics club. And I say to every single player I coach, enjoy the ball. And that would be my advice as a coach to other coaches. Or even parents, make sure the children enjoy the ball. That's why they're there. Don't don't just get it and get rid of it and panic. Enjoy it. And for some players, that will take longer than others because some players are maybe not as quick as others. Some people's thought process is not as quick as others. Some people's sort of coordination is not quite the same as others. But and we we've coached many players that have become so much more comfortable on the ball because of the way that we've coached them and the way that we've encouraged them to be comfortable on the ball and enjoy the ball and Definitely. and and take pride in the way they use the ball. And if they do lose it, but they've tried to do the right thing, encourage that as well. Yeah, oh, definitely, because they, they will lose it. Like the referee, yeah. they will make mistakes. Yeah. So one of our, I, I knew you were going to say possession because one of Aaron's like famous coaching quotes, we say, is that he says, right, kids, stop. It's like, if you've got the ball... Can the other team score? They're like, no. <laughs> there we go then. Yeah, it <laughs> if you is. Just give it straight back. It's like yeah. you're giving them more, 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 it more chances. So obvi- it sounds so obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, when you, when it, you put it like, it's like a lot of people try to overcomplicate yeah, coaching. It's a you don't game. need to. You can. It's a you game can. You can break it down. Yes, it is. It is complicated if you really dig deep. But if you, then if you pick any specific areas and then just just make it as simple as possible and relatable as possible, like that. Like if you just don't take a touch and you just get the ball back. Okay, that's more times. Say you do it. I don't know. Say you just boot the ball away for, for want of a better phrase ten times in the game you're giving them ten chances yeah. you know we like to play it from the back so she's just going to boot the ball 
from a goal kick and it could be risky risky say you do it 10 times I'm going to say five of them you can give them a chance to score again yeah so do you know what I mean it's, so, so, it's so true and not everyone not everyone sees football that way everyone everyone looks at football in di- yeah of course it is yeah everyone looks at football in different ways but for me when I'm if I if I one day coach professional coach professionally for a professional club my philosophy may change yeah but when I'm coaching young people I'm let Aaron keep talking and he's going to interview me I'm going to fill up our waters <laughs> when, I'm co- when I'm coaching young people young children they they're learning so for me surely it makes sense for them to get the most use out of the ball the most practice with the ball the most confidence with the ball so then when they when they push on to grassroots football at an older age group some some players will push on into the professional game they've got that confidence they've got that ability on the ball to enjoy the ball and make the most out of it and I think it doesn't matter where those players are going whether they are going into adults grassroots adult grassroots football or the professional game having confidence on the ball thank you very much you're welcome <laughs> having having confidence on the ball and and enjoying the football Will, will help you in your mm-hmm. later life. Like I say, regardless of what level of player you are, I think yeah. enjoying the football is, is huge. 100%. I'm right. Okay, so I've got my over to you. In my interview chair. I'm a bit nervous. Just having a bit of my, my lovely water. Oh, Needs, make nice. sure you drink lots, guys, in this heat. Guys. Hopefully this heat continues. It's so nice, but like, but you have to stay hydrated. and Yeah, so. Yeah, so, right. Um. Okay, so. I guess first question for you, mate. Is yes. What? What? What would you say? I'm going, to, I'm going to ask it in two ways. Two two questions in one. What makes a good coach, in your opinion? Yeah. And what makes you a good coach? It might be the same answer. <clears throat> but what What would you okay. say as 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 a coach for you, as you, for you as a coach? What do you feel is I suppose your strength? What do you feel has not that not that you're going to get sacked from grassroots coaching I suppose, but what? Would you say has kept you in coaching for okay. such a long time? Because obviously something has kept you there. F- yeah. To, to to still be doing it. Because you might have gone, oh, actually, I'm not. I'm no good at this. But also, what would you say in in general makes a good coach? In yeah. your opinion. A good question. Like, I think what makes a good coach is someone who has the passion for it, wants to help their team. You know, not just in it for themselves or whatever. They, they want that. They actually really want to help other people. And if you, you know, if you work with anyone, I mean, I've related to like teachers at school. If I liked the teacher and they wanted to help me, I'd do anything for them. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. anything, even subjects I didn't like, like maths. I remember I had this maths teacher in year ten. I was failing miserably at maths. I got to year ten. This guy, he just related to me. He spoke to me about sport and football. He really didn't even care about them. But then, because he did that, he did that chat. He's like, right, bang, now we're on for maths. Yeah, bang, you know, and related it to football and that. And I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to work for this guy. Yeah. So yeah, I just think like yeah, just 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 I think what makes good coaches is that them taking time to care about the players, and then you've you know once you've got that care, that it will, it will naturally your ideas and things will just naturally yeah. happen. It's a massive head start, isn't it? You're, oh, you're, it's huge. Yeah. There if you just go straight away, this is how I'm going to play, and that's it, and of like I don't care what you say, things like that, and don't adapt. I think that that is not great. So yeah, that's what makes good coaching. What, what I think I'm. What, so yeah, what are you? Well, yeah, obviously, you're, well, similar to what you said about me, mate. You're you're an incredible coach. You've done. Thank you. You've you've helped a variety of players over your various different abilities. What what um, would you say makes you a good coach? <clears throat> well, the passion's there. I know that. <laughs> I've seen that. But maybe other than that, what would you say has has helped you to to develop all these players over oh, the God, years and hard. all these teams? It's hard to not talk about yourself, isn't it? I suppose. <laughs> um, I would say, I would say I. 
I really care. I really, yeah. really care. Like, I really care about every player. I kind of repeat what I just said, but I genuinely really care about every single player. You know that. Yeah. And, like, I don't care how, what their ability is. Yeah. I care about every single player and how can I make them the best I can possibly do. Yeah. So what can I do the best? So I think, like, that actual caring, like, like, so when the game's over and training's over, I'm, I'm coming home, I'm talking to, my, well, my fiance, she doesn't even like football. Well, she does like football now, but <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah, I'm chewing her ear off about about football. I'm chewing my parents' ears about football. I'm do, like, when I'm with Aaron, it's great because he would do it back to me. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just constantly talking about it. So it doesn't. It's not just the hour and a half training session or the the two three hours we spend together on game day. It just constantly sticks with me all the time. So I feel like I get like I studied the game. I love the game. So because I care about these players so much. I want to just help them as much as possible. So I suppose my positive is just how much I want to help people. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of like, because I think they are similar, What you, the two things you said, yeah. but being passionate, I think is one thing, which I think is huge. Because I think if if you want to be there as the coach, so will the players. Definitely. If you, if you don't look interested and you're not having fun, the players won't. That's just, it's just, it's some, some will, but not you won't get them all on board. But if you as the coach want to be there, Look like you're enjoying yourself and you're having a good time. So are the players, and that's a massive start. But one, what I thought was good about what you said about caring about every player, I've seen various teams that match run, and obviously I've seen the teams I've run myself. But I mean, there's one particular team that Matt run, for example, which I won't I won't name any names, but there was um there's one particular player who, who wasn't quite at the same level as some of the other boys, um, but I remember Matt Matt got this particular boy playing at. A very good level for him, and I remember I remember him scoring a goal, which probably might not have been achievable at the start of the season, but because Matt had helped him and he'd he'd worked really hard himself to be fair as well, that that goal was was incredible. Some of the other players have maybe scored 15, 20 goals in a season, which was for them that was their achievement, but for him that achievement was great, and that just proves that showing an interest in every single player has an impact, and that will have an impact on this particular young boy for the rest of his life. He will never forget that. Neither will you. I haven't, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, I remember, neither I remember, neither like, will you. I remember and, the goal like it's And I think, I think things like that... I think that's going five. Which is... I mean, and there, that, that's incredible. And I think that is what... I think that is a, that is a massive, massive... Um, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to score, didn't he? Yeah. So like, yeah, it's different if they just want to be a goalkeeper or whatever. But this, this particular child that Aaron's talking about, he wanted to score. He gets saying it every mm. week. Oh, I haven't scored yet, man. I haven't scored yet. I haven't scored yet. So it's like... And you care so much, and you feel for it, and, you, and but you can't go like, oh, it'll come, it'll come. You can't, yeah. you can't just keep saying that all the time. Or like, oh, you've you got to explain why or how it's going to come, and what you know. Th- I think that's another thing as well. I always like when I when I say maybe a, what could be perceived as a negative, it's just a coaching point, but explain it to the kids rather than going, I don't know. If arguments say they miss, uh, they miss an open goal. I keep using that example, but it's an easy one. Everyone goes, oh. Now, that kid, I don't care how old they are, they know they miss an open goal. They don't need anyone yeah. booing and... No, not boo, but making those sounds at the yeah. mouth. So, I sometimes bring them over and just say, unbelievable, well done. Because I'm not yeah. looking at me like, what? I'm like, you got into that position. Well yeah. done. So, that run was amazing. Positive, now, yeah. Now, for the finish, next time, have a touch. Be calm. Yeah. You know, relax, it'll come again. But you keep doing that run, mate. That was fantastic. Yeah. Bang, and go off. And they leave that, that open goal, which is the worst moment of their lives, now becomes like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, match right. I, Build on it. I, I got there in the first place. Yeah. I've got more. I've got more of an issue if they're not there. Yeah, I've got. A, I always tell this story. I've been told in the podcast. I've got a player who plays my under eighteen team, 
And when he first joined me under 13s, his old club, they just get the ball to him and his job was just to score goals, that's it. So every time he missed, he got mined at. If he didn't score, he got mined at. And he came to me and one of the first couple of games, he missed he missed the chance, which he uh, he, he would say himself, he, he should have scored. He, he backed himself. It was a 1v1 and, and he didn't score. And I called him over and he went, oh no, sorry, I should have scored. I went, mate, what are you on about? It's unbelievable. That was so good. And he went, what do you mean? I missed. And mate, the run you made for that free ball was on another level. The way you stayed on side, the way you lost the defender, the way you, how close you got to the goal in that short space of time, yeah, the, yeah, the finish can be worked on. But mate, so good. So after that, all I said to him was, I said, we're going to recreate that moment again, but we're going to change the finish. So in training, we did a new one, which is said he's going to do what we called a, a smart finish, which is just a, a pass. It's just a pass into the net. You know, pass with a bit, bit of speed. You know, and I got to explain to him, like, you can pass the ball to me all day long, but now you've got the, the, the whole width of the goal to pass it in. So it's now going to be called a smart finish. So if you ever get in that position again, you're going to hear me shout smart or a smart finish. And that's your trigger to be calm and just pass it in. And it, and it worked the charm. Yeah. He scored 60, 60 goals that season. Wow. That. It's incredible. Isn't it? It, just, it just shows, <laughs> isn't it? Every, you've got so many different personalities and abilities in the team. They all, But they all need managing individually as well as as a team. I think that is a massive skill as a coach. And that's why you've been so successful because you, you care about each individual player as, as well as the team. Whereas I think sometimes the individuals within the team get lost within the team definitely. which is which is a shame but <laughs> but, it, but it's definitely improved it's not, that's a nice question yeah it? right next next one which i think is um i'm glad i'm asking you and i'm not answering this because i don't know how to answer it but um okay. so play, players are getting picked up for academies at very very young ages now yeah do you think for not just well players obviously and look at this from a player's point of view and a coach's point of view do you think grassroots football is important in terms of for a coach's development, for a player's development, do you think? Do you think it's because obviously you and I would love to be involved in the professional game one day, whether that be in an academy, whether that be in in first team football, reserve team football? But we've obviously got so much experience now from grassroots football. Do you think grassroots football is important to? It would always be here, but do you think it's important for players going into the professional game or coaches? I think it's really important. Yeah, I think it's. I think without it, it's like we said, the, the game will die out. Um, with all these volunteers and all these kids taking part, part and everything. No, it's so important. It's very different. Uh, a lot of people, obviously, you want your uh, sons and daughters to play professionally. It's very, very different. You've got to think in the academy game, you're looking for the next star that will fit into the first team eventually. Or you can sell on to another club. That's what they're looking for. They're not looking for a team. So grassroots football gives you that, that team element, that fun element. Oh, we, myself and Aaron, know a couple of professional football players and... Every single one of them we know, I said how much they miss, not miss because they never got it, they gutted, they never got to play grassroots football, never got to play father side, never got to play their friends, mm-hmm. because it's like a revolving door. The pressure as well, isn't it? I said, the is pressure, that... the revolving door constantly, like the, 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 the know that you can get dropped at any given second, any given second you can be just dropped and released. So yeah, it's important for like... Learning the game. I was going to say, do you think it helps development more playing yeah. grassroots? It seems, yeah. sounds silly, really, doesn't it? But... No, it does, yeah. Learning the game, playing in a team, um, you know, kind of judging what position you, you could play, maybe. Um, I'm trying to keep it as short as possible because I can talk about this all day. Um, it does seem crazy to think that, doesn't it? That, that <clears throat> development could could be better. And at some point, you have got to make the step up. 
But it does seem yeah. crazy to think that development could actually be better in a grassroots team than yeah, it could in an academy. People because of the word team, I guess. <laughs> 100%. If we, um, if we pick... I'm going to ask Aaron to pick his two players. I'm going to put the pressure back on him now. <laughs> so think of an... In, this is an easy one. Who's an, who's an individual professional? Ronaldo. Yeah, I knew it. I knew it was that. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go Ronaldo. So we go one, we've got two plates here. I don't know why we've got plates. We've got two plates. One plate, we've got Ronaldo. Right. Uh, name me the most team player you know currently. Uh... I think I know you're going to say as well. <laughs> Messi. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so you've got Ronaldo and Messi. Brilliant examples, okay? So Ronaldo, yes, he's amazing. Don't don't get this mixed up in him right now, okay? And they're both very, very good, okay? Ronaldo, <coughs> stats don't lie. Okay, so look at some stats. Okay, look at the way he plays. Okay, he's very much an individual. Okay, he wants to get these world player of the year. He wants to win. So I'm gonna move the phone in the shade a bit. He wants to win world player of the year all the time. That's what he cares about more than anything. He wants to be the top scorer, scorer in the Champions League. He wants to break all the records. Okay, Messi. Yeah, of course he wants all that as well. But at times he's passed the ball when he could have shot so many times. I remember yeah. he had a penalty once and he'd be passed a penalty to Suarez. <laughs> like, that sums it up. Like He's got a chance to score a penalty and he still passes it to Suarez. So, if anyone wants to argue, case solved. Right? So, two different players, okay? Now, one, the Ronaldo side would excel in academies because they were looking for that one player, one player, one player. The other one, although he did excel in academies and Barcelona is arguably very different to a lot of academies. It's very team-orientated. Would would uh, be much more uh, suitable for grassroots football where it's more team-based and family and friends and getting us involved and a team spirit and that. So, yeah, so it's, it's, it's weird, isn't it, how, yeah. how it works? It, it, could, it, it could be strange. anywhere. So. What about from a coaching point of view? How, do you think it's important for coaches to... I mean, not many coaches would probably go straight into... What, I say it, tell a lie. A lot of... Well, you think of a Kevin De Bruyne right now. If he retires tomorrow, he would yeah. coach straight away in the professional yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do you think coaching in grassroots football is important? Before coaching at yeah, a, a high level, so. yeah, I think so. I think so. Just de- dealing with, um, like you say, dealing with, you're going to get elite players at, at academies, but it's a skill trying to get players who, like we said earlier, just there for to be friends, be part of a team, for fitness, uh, different levels, different abilities. That is the skill. That is how you test your coaching. How, how can you mould yeah. them into a team? So. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I think I agree. I think looking back, I don't think. I don't think I'm looking back and thinking, oh, it's been a waste of time. I should have just no. got my badges and tried to be a professional no, coach. But I've gained so much experience and knowledge. I, I'm, I'm not being big-headed, but I thought I knew a lot about football before I became a coach. But now I look back, I'm like, actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, I didn't know that much. Now I know a lot more because of yeah. the experiences that I've had and my coaching courses and whatnot. So yeah. I'll do one more question and then we'll move on to the last bit. So... Matt has finally decided to hang his coaching boots up. Well, not decided, but kind of. I suppose your hands have been forced away, hasn't it? You've kind of your your teams have sort of come sort of come to an end, which happens happens in grassroots football, which is that's probably quite an emotional part of grassroots football, isn't it? We won't go into that because it's quite emotional, but it's yeah, it is sad when you've had a team for such a long time. I don't think you get that the same in professional football. You you do to a certain degree. It's a revolving door, like we said. Yes, yes. Whereas I think in grassroots football, you become. You become a family, you become friends, and that's what we always wanted with yeah. West Kent. So here's my last question to you, and hopefully this doesn't doesn't get emotional, but um, what will you miss about? Obviously, you're still going to go and watch games, and you're still going to be involved to a certain extent. But what will you miss? So on a Saturday morning, a Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, whatever it is, what will you on a, on a front like I don't know when you get that that feeling on a Friday night of yes, game game day tomorrow, or whatever. What are you going to miss the most from about coaching? 
Okay, so I love game days. I love I like chain like chain like Aaron said, but I love game day. So every game day, Saturday and Sunday for the last fourteen years, I woke up buzzing. Yeah. I could have been out to five a.m. the next morning. <laughs> I could have been. Hopefully not. Early night. I could have like yeah. Well, well it's been fourteen years, mate. It's yeah, happened. True, true, yeah. Yeah. I could, have, could, have, could have been. I could be. I could be poorly. I could be ill in the week. I could be. You name it. it doesn't matter. I'd wake up buzzing, like li- honestly buzzing. Every single game I've ever had, I've been buzzing. Like, like I said, I remember, I remember once I was like, I felt really ill all week, and then like Saturday woke up and oh, it all disappeared all of a sudden. <laughs> so coaching, coaching is the only like almost like the only drug you need to make you feel better. Like yeah. that's, how, that's how it felt almost. Um, yeah. So that feeling in the morning, but then when you go and have a good performance, do you know what? Aaron, Aaron will back me. I'm not just saying it sounds good. Win or lose, if we play well. Obviously, winning definitely a hundred times better, but still, if we lose, we put in a good performance. When Sunday comes at four o'clock, when it's all said and done, I love that feeling. That Sunday evening, mate, is just so yeah. good. When you've just done it all, all the hard work in the weeks, it has paid off at the weekend. You know, you've won your games, you coached X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z all happened at the weekend, and you get home, and you're like, oh. That was so good. I can't stop talking about it. It's amazing, like that feeling. I just love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss that. Yeah, I think it is. It is exciting as well, isn't it? Because I think you know as well that your the, players are the excited for it. Adrenaline, I get from it. It's unreal. Yeah, and I think you, you know, you know how good it's gonna make your players feel and, and and the supporters if if you go out there and and play well. I mean, I've had many a game like you that we've gone out and lost, but yeah. the performance has been really good. And everyone, that feeling, like you say, at the end of the game, when everyone comes away and everyone's like, oh, that was brilliant. Oh, so-and-so, you were amazing. Yeah. Oh, Matt, great job today. Yeah, oh, can't believe how good. That's the best I've ever <coughs> seen so-and-so play. And all of that, all that excitement. Yeah. And obviously, like you say, winning sometimes can make that feel even better. But even just seeing a great performance and seeing all that yeah. hard work is, 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 <coughs> is amazing. And I think, yeah, when, yeah. Having all that excitement from a weekend. 100%. I'm not saying your weekends are going to be boring now, but but yeah, that, that but will know leave what? a hole. On that, sun, on that Sunday evening, so we lost for argument's sake. When we lost, still had like some weird feeling. Like I still talk about it constantly, and I could not wait to get back to training. Literally, so excited. I, I, I literally wanted it then now, so we can put all those wrongs right. And when we won. I was almost like, oh, I want a day off training. I don't want to. I want to. I want to enjoy this win and then yeah. get back to work. But a lot of the time we train Monday, so it was like I only had like a quick turnaround to training. But when you lot, when you when you when you lose, oh, I can't get to training quick enough. Yeah. But when you win it, I'm not gonna lie, you do have that little bit of oh, you had to have a day off all that yeah. work and then go again. Do you know what I mean? It is funny, isn't it's it? It's weird. It's a weird. It's almost thing. like um, it doesn't matter what of like what the result is or what the performance is. Sometimes you. You still get that same excitement and buzz yeah. to want to get to training. Something it does it it, it does fluctuate obviously. Yeah, because like, like when you win, you turn up and you see all their faces like, yeah, what is that? What are we can unbelievable, unbelievable. It's like right, another game. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I was I was very good. I think Aaron regret. I was very good at that switch. Like enjoying it and I enjoyed it, and then right, we've got another game now. Yeah. So I always say enjoy it until until we go again. But yeah. Losing it was like right, sit down and you come right, get going straight away. It's no enjoyment from the start. Yeah. Just bang straight into it. But I like that little five minutes, like seeing their face. Oh, well done the weekend. Yeah. Good goal. Yeah, clean sheet. What a save. Yeah, brilliant. Well done, guys. Great performance the weekend. Fantastic. Right. Yeah. Done. New game now. Yeah. I, I, quite, I quite like that. And I was very good at just leaving it in the past. Like, gone. Yeah. 
but I definitely enjoyed the, the wins. Yeah, yeah, as you know. rightly so. Rightly so. That's what. That's that's. Yes, football is about enjoying yourself, keeping fit. We talk. People, you hear this saying all the time. It's not about the winning. It's about taking part. But we do. We play to win. At the end of the day, that's why we play. And yeah, definitely. Winning is a massive reason as to why a lot of people do play sport and yeah. people want to go out there and win because it makes you feel good. So yeah, <coughs> I, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think that yeah. How can <coughs> you not miss? How can you not miss? I was gonna say, how can you not miss the buzz? Definitely. But yeah, you, yeah, you can't not miss the buzz, can you? So good. Um, Amazing. I'll be, I'll be back soon. <laughs> All right, um, Arnie, I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. <laughs> uh, grassroots quick fire round. Okay, right, ready? Um, we've, we've just gone past an hour, so we're gonna be really quick. Should we? Um, what we got? Five. We got five written down, I think. Yeah. Should we do? We'll ask each other one, and then maybe the other person can just chip in with a little bit. Yeah. Uh, right. I'll go first, and you've done a lot of talking. Then I'll go. I'll, I'll answer the first one. So the first one is favourite memory. Oh well, um, quick fire. I'd have to go. My first ever cup win with a team. I remember we drew nil nil, <laughs> and we went to penalties. It was my. Um, was it? No, was that was that my first ever cup win? I did I know. Maybe it was the boys that won the first ever cup for me. Oh God, I can't remember now. Oh well. Oh, maybe it was the boys. Oh God, no. No, I don't think it oh, I don't I can't remember now. Lost <laughs> <laughs> in my memory. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? Testing his memory. I'll go I'll go for both of those cup wins because I think they were both in a similar amount similar period of time. I won a cup with the boys and I won a cup with the girls. The cup was when both my boys' teams played against each other in the semi final when Matt was helping me out coach those teams and they ended up facing each other and the girls won our won the cup in our first ever season. Um and yeah, I remember the boys. Boys went to extra time. We won in extra time uh, against Alsford. Never forget it. And the <clears> girls, um, we beat Maidstone on penalties after nil-nil. Yeah, well, just clear. both, yeah, both. Were, and it was obviously I was excited as a coach, but to see the kids' faces, the boys must have been. The boys must. That must have been. Maybe that was the year before. The boys might have been under nines. Maybe that was my first ever cup win. I've won so many. I can't remember. I've not won that many. But yeah, but those two cup wins. Especially stand out, I think, mainly because the boys were my first ever team. They might, that must have been the first cup win. Now I think about it. Sorry, boys. And the girls was our that was our first season. So yeah, I'd, I'd go for those. Those I picked two there. Favorite memory, and I picked two. Um, but yeah, that that would be mine. What about you, mate? So I'm going for. Um, so I'm going to paint the picture. So my under 13s at the time. Um, we nearly folded. We lost a few players. We nearly folded. So we ended up signing to go to play a year up. So we joined the under-14s league. Uh, we had two under-14 boys to help us, you know, um, to get numbers, really. Uh, but the rest were under-13s. So playing a year up at that age, anyone that's played a year up, it's tough. And it started off pretty well, actually. Then we lost three in a row. I've never lost three in a row. <laughs> <laughs> like, three games in a row, back-to-back. And, yeah, not already nine points behind, so we are playing catch-up. We were never top of the league. Anyway, it went down to the last game of the season... And there's three teams that could have won it. And we were playing top of the league who were K-Sports. We were two points behind them. And it was the last game. And these are one of the teams that we lost to early in the season. Anyway, we beat them 6-2. With the most incredible performance you'll ever see. We were on a 19-game winning streak. That being the 19th. And we won the league in the last game of the season. And the feeling to play, not only play up a year, but to win on the last game against a team that could have won it as well. It was like a cup final, league playoff, league decider, all in one. And it was just <laughs> absolutely, I'd never been so happy after that. I was, I was like, I can't describe the joy I had. 
unbelievable. It was incredible. I was there. It was an amazing <coughs> it was day. It unreal, wasn't Absolutely it? Absolutely amazing. It was unreal. Good. And these are a good side. You know, I'll give K-Sports their props. They're a good, good side. Uh, they beat us quite heavily as well. Actually, my biggest ever defeat was, was against that team. So we were up against it, but we just were... We were unreal, weren't we? Yeah, that was, it, we was were, an incredible performance. It we was... were just on another level. That oh, was they could not match us in any department that day, and it was very, very rewarding. Oh, it was amazing. <clears throat> um, and you went two as well, so I'm going to do it quickly. So the, I know you meant to start under sevens, but I asked the league kindly if my under 16 could, could join the under sevens league. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, if you're okay with it, the parents are okay with it. It's like, yeah, it's fine. So most of my boys are like five. And we got to the final. And we, and we won the under sevens cut, under six, on penalties, and they went to a penalty. And like, maybe we can attach the video clip actually to this on Twitter. So if you have a little look at our Twitter pages, at uh, SSUK Sports. Oh, sorry, um, I was thinking we haven't got one. Um, uh, oh, uh, Asdog Forty Seven. Couldn't go. think of it. So sorry. SSUK Sport and uh, Asdog Forty Seven. Um, <laughs> the blank. I might attach the video to it um, because we basically had. had the last penalty and we scored and there was a pitch invasion and everything it was unbelievable amazing absolutely amazing <laughs> um, right yeah you go first this time right best your goal. best grassroots goal <clears throat> that's so hard to pick i'm gonna go with um not the best a good let's go for a good grassroots goal because yeah i mean just, there's been so the many best is <clears throat> uh, there's literally been so many but i'm gonna do you know what? so many standouts is really hard but i'm gonna go with a boy called joseph cooper as uh, a boy who um yeah he he he, he hadn't scored he hadn't scored for like years um, maybe he's got like one or two at the start and he, he, he struggled a bit at the start and yeah anyway and this, this one game we need to win to win the league we had a couple of games to go so there wasn't too much pressure on the game but he scored a hat-trick <laughs> we won 4-2 and he Amazing. scored a hat-trick and one of them was just he scored a header he scored a left foot right foot header but one of them his right foot one was just like unreal and they were the first goals he scored in about two and a half years Incredible. and those goals won us the league absolutely amazing away to Range Rovers don't forget that <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know I've got two in my head and they're both from the same player um, this, 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 this girl has played for me for years and she's still she's only just left the club recently and she's, um, she's just been signed for West Ham Academy so I mean absolutely incredible achievement incredible improvement but the, the goal I'm going to go for was, uh, was on tour in Great Yarmouth was yeah. it Great Yarmouth? Yeah. yeah it was Great Yarmouth against a team called Long Lane who we just struggled against. They were just like two years older than the girls, though. Well. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were definitely up because I had two two girls teams at the time. Uh, one was maybe under thirties, one under fifteens, and some of these girls that the under thirteens were playing against had played against my under fifteens earlier in the season. <laughs> but she she had a cracking left foot, and she's just hit this. That, we've got video of that as well, haven't we? I think somewhere. Yeah. She she's hit this ball so well, and I think not only was the goal good, but the fan celebration. <laughs> Was oh, incredible. It was absolutely incredible. I think that does make a good goal sometimes. The celebrations you see sometimes from um, from coaches and, and parents and uh, supporters. But yeah, that I'd have to pick that that free kicker in, on the Great Yarmouth tour. It was Great Yarmouth, wasn't it? It was Great yeah. Yarmouth. Yeah. Um, against Long Lane. That was that was an incredible goal. Hopefully she does more for West Ham this season. That'd be incredible, wouldn't Hopefully. it? Hopefully one for the future. <laughs> what have we got now? We've got uh, best pitch. Oh, that's that's. Can can we do we have to stick with? I mean, Ryash has been has been great. Yeah, home football, Ryash Village, you've easy. He's got to pick Ryash Village. Oh, it's been our home for well, fourteen years now. And it's so. um, do you know what? In the summer, like a day like today, it's a lovely pitch. I think the yeah. winter, the top pitch 
got a bit sticky, but we've got to go for our home yeah, ground. We call it home of football, it's incredible. Uh, we've got a best achievement. Best achievement, go on, mate. You can go. You can go oh, wow. this one. Uh, oh, could, yeah. It could be anything, sorry. I suppose. It doesn't have to necessarily be a trophy. It could be. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go. So when I was like, I think it was like 19, 20. So I had my first team. I was 19. I had my first ever coaching team, like proper team. I had a few teams that I coached before that, but first thing I managed. And we were quite novices at the time and we didn't like we didn't fill out one form or something and I played a player by mistake who shouldn't be playing. It wasn't it was all it was all very um nothing was meant to be that way. Uh, but we ended up playing six games sorry, that's a lie. We played four no, four games with this player, sorry. One or four games and then got a letter through the post saying you've been deducted twelve points for playing this player. And I was like, What? Basically I was meant to sign him by the Wednesday and I signed him on the Friday. But it was a, you know, it was it, it was a weird time. Anyway, we got lost. We lost 12 points. Anyway, last game of the season, <laughs> we were five points behind the leaders, and they used to play two games in the morning then. So five points. So if we won both, we won the league by one point. But we had to win both, and we were playing third place as well in the league. So if we'd drawn and lost one, that was it, game over. And the, the manager who was top of the league, then he came to the game and he had his stopwatch and everything <laughs> to make sure everything was legit and everything. Anyway, we won both of them, 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. And we won the league by one point with a 12-point deduction. So we would have won it by 13 points. But that, just that achievement to come from like rock bottom, minus 12 all the way up is just... Incredible. Yeah. I'm, I'm still gutted. I couldn't, I couldn't make it to that game or those yeah, games yeah. on that day, but it sounded it's absolutely amazing. What what an achievement. Um, for me, mine's, mine's a little bit of a different achievement. Um, my achievement's going to be uh, in 2010. Uh, not, well, probably around about the time that we met, wasn't it? We met yeah. maybe 2009, 2010. Uh, I went out to the States. I went out to America to do some coaching, um, and I really enjoyed coaching the girls. I just, I, yeah, I, I just... I just took to it. I really enjoyed it. And when I came back, I decided I want to set up some girls football teams um, or, or a girls football team, should I say. And um, so for me, my achievement is setting up the girls side of the club. Well, obviously, with loads of help from yourself as well, but getting so many girls playing football, yeah. for me, that that was massive. And a handful of those girls, that oh, one of the girls we were just talking about just now, have, have moved on into professional teams. Um, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have done that without the girls well, she's been in the club 10 years, mate, so I'm yeah, pretty true. sure that... Give yourself some credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, what I'm saying is she may have gone to play anyway, but but, yeah. but definitely, definitely, I think, for me, the, the achievement is, yeah, setting up that and facilitating a lot of girls to play football. and But even even not even just pushing girls into academies. I mean, one of the dads, um, a guy we know really well, his name's Clive. Um, Clive, I think, said to us, didn't he, that his daughter played with us for quite a few years, and he said, you've given me some of the best years of my life being able to spend these moments with my daughter and and he yeah that was that was just regardless of what she goes on to do in the future he was just grateful and happy for what what we've done and yeah so yeah for me I'd go with that because I just I never expected it to yeah. well one of the teams is still going which is incredible definitely. but yeah so that yeah I think that that yeah. for me is definitely an achievement I love that the achievement one is literally so many oh, you could yeah you, we could yeah. sit and do another hour at least <laughs> yeah, I think the achievement will probably fit into my next question as well um, why you got involved? I, I got involved to give children and parents and everyone involved uh, give to them what football gave to me. Football gave me my friends, gave me my social skills, it gave me 
opened up so many doors for me, not just playing, but like so many things it's opened up for me. And just to be able to do that, have an impact on people's lives, that's why I got involved. And I think we've achieved that. So that's why it links the other one. Yeah, I think for me, the reason I got involved, one, one because of my love of football. Obviously, I, I think you touched on it earlier about having passion. I think you have to have a love of football to get involved with grassroots football because it, whether you're, whether, some people, like I say, some some coaches out there are paid for their for their coaching work, but there are lots of other things that go with it, and you get a lot of grief as well at times. Um, so you've got to love it to be involved. But I think part for me as well was grassroots football when I was growing up was it was good, it was okay, but I wanted to make it better. Not that, excuse me, sorry guys. Not that I feel like I've come into, excuse me, sorry guys. I got like hiccups from my, from my water. Um, yeah, grassroots football was quite basic when I was when I was growing up, and I felt that I wanted to be a, be a part of making it even better. And yeah, and I think and yeah, obviously I'm a very very small part of a very large thing, but for me it was giving kids the same opportunities I had, but even but and more. And uh, and I think I think well I and many other coaches are are doing that and or have done that and are still doing that and I think yeah I mean I'd love to be involved in the professional game one day in the future but being involved in grassroots football was it's been amazing and I'm yeah I, I, I'm glad I, I'm glad I got involved and yeah I moan about it sometimes as, as do you I'm sure but, but yeah I think I got involved for the right reasons and and yeah I think like you say about achieving. Those goals, I've, yeah, I've definitely achieved that, and I've loved well it. Done. Absolutely loved well it. Done. Well done with that podcast. That was good. I really that enjoyed was good that. Fun. That was a very hot, sweaty, but enjoyable <laughs> podcast. It's like, definitely the hottest podcast yeah. we've ever done. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, thanks for listening. It's been it's been great fun. I think well, that that podcast will relate to kids, parents, coaches, grandparents. It, it relates to everybody. So yeah, please listen. I think Matt will agree. Um, any any questions? anything about grassroots football we'll do our best to answer it we've, we've got a fair bit of experience so give us a shout on on twitter matt's ssuk sport and i am asdog 47 um but yeah feel free to give us a shout and we can answer any questions if we can we'll do our best if not we'll find the answer won't we mate we'll, we'll find out even if we don't know it definitely but yeah we'll be back in august maybe i don't know i suppose we'll have to we'll have to work out how, how we're doing for time either with a premier league preview i suppose or maybe like a an early season review i guess we yeah but it will be we'll, premier league related. we'll be talking about the premier league <laughs> because we're very excited especially as the first game is crystal palace versus arsenal Ooh, he so, goes. Yeah, maybe we could even do a little piece from the game yeah from the first game of the season good that'd idea. be good fun won't it <laughs> right take care guys and we'll speak to you soon thank you Listen to Matt and Aaron.